0: Welcome back to the American Soccer Show, Intercontinental American Soccer Show. Forgive me, as apparently it is possible to record podcasts between continents. I'm Eric Alcantor in my lovely Indiana home. Emmett McConnell is in South Africa. You're, specifically,
1: you want me to say it? Or Johannesburg? Yeah. You're breaking the fourth yeah. wall. We want them to think that we're all in like the cozy little room talking to each other. Uh, well, we, It feels like only yesterday, like we were. Exactly. Well, we. Uh, you know, we started with the you know the audition on uh, from Philadelphia to Indiana. You know that that was felt like it was a long distance, and now it's a whole huh. ocean.
0: You're basically on the other side of the world now.
1: So so here's the question of the day: Kaiser Chiefs or Orlando Pirates?
0: Uh, I tell you what, I think the Orlando Pirates have a very explosive offense, and I think the Kaiser Chiefs probably a little too balanced for them, though. Cause Orlando a little weak at the back.
1: Interesting. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I have. If anyone's wondering if that's true, I have no idea.
1: It's it's not. But we we'll, moving on.
0: Oh oh oh! Excuse me, Mr. South. Well, African I was asking North what Expert, I was asking which one me. I should pick.
1: I don't even know that. No. I don't know enough about them yet. But who should I pick? You know, you got to root for one of them.
0: Well, I mean, familiar to home, the Orlando Pirates seem like the best way to go.
1: The more of the American pick, you know. Interesting fact: the Kaiser Chiefs. Their name was picked because the owner went to uh, Kansas City and fell in love with (laughs) the other football team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and named them after them. So a little bit of America there, too. Um, Wow. Another fun fact about them, they're like the only two teams that are supported in the country. So um, Kaiser Chiefs went to Cape Town to play Cape Town City, and the entire stands was filled with orange jerseys. Everyone, so like, apparently, everyone doesn't matter where you're from. Either Kaiser Chiefs or Orlando Pirates. So you got to pick one of the two. Luckily, they both play in Johannesburg. So I won't feel as much of a plastic fan picking one.
0: <laughs> plastic? Well, Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I cannot wait for someone to go up to you in Johannesburg and tell you you're a plastic.
1: You can't root for Orlando Pirates. It's so plastic. what do you know
0: about Orlando? It's hot. Oh man. Have you seen the uh, the big stadium, the Johannesburg stadium?
1: No, I'm going. Um, I'm not going to that one. I'm going to Orlando Stadium tomorrow. Ah, okay. But hopefully, okay. soon in my time, I will be there at Soccer City.
0: All right. Well, that's good. Well, you can uh, you can tell the listeners all about it, and we can move on from our ridiculous MLS coverage and start on a real league.
1: We'll do. We'll do some nice historical conversation about uh, a World Cup that happened many, many years ago. I'm Sure, some yeah. of the young fans have even forgotten it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. The Vuvuzela's uh, nightmares. Could have sworn I heard one the other day at a football game I attended. So that was uh, a little bit of a triggering experience, but I got past hey,
1: it. Hey, it's still a thing here.
0: No, it's, that's good to hear. And by good, I mean I'm a little terrified, but it's all right.
1: I'm excited. I love them.
0: Yeah. You know what else I'm excited for? The playoff push in MLS.
1: Oh, baby. That's what we're here for. It's,
0: Loaded weekend, plenty to get to, so let's get started. We start Saturday with Atlanta United's 3-0 win over Colorado in Colorado. Colorado have been eliminated from playoff contention. Atlanta, meanwhile, continue their race to the top spot in the East. And they've also opened up a six-point lead in the aggregate table between this season and last season. That being used to determine a CONCACAF Champions League spot, I would argue at this point the most important thing for them because... Uh, they're going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to be in the top two, and I I can't see them losing at home. So uh, I'd say at this point that is looking pretty good for them. Uh, Good news all around, even though it also appears as if we might be heading for the end of the Tata Martina era in Atlanta sooner rather than later.
1: That'll be tough for them. I think that we're going to see, with uh, Patrick Vieira and Jesse Marsh leaving the two New York teams, uh, a bit of a drop-off. I don't think the Red Bulls have looked as good. Neither has NYCFC. Um, So that kind of has given Tata a chance to kind of establish Atlanta as the top dominant team in MLS when those other two teams um, have been pretty close for most of the season until that point. So hopefully that doesn't drop the level of play, losing three elite managers like that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that MLS maybe you know heading in that way. We talked about the league possibly heading towards being more of a selling league, but it's interesting now to even see coaches heading in that direction as well.
1: Yeah, I mean so. that's. I mean it's good for the league, good for American soccer. I guess the tough thing is, guys like Vieira and Tata are not Americans, so they're really not. You don't see that benefiting the league in the long run. It's not like they're going to come back, yeah. uh, and retire as they're a coach won't come in MLS. Back
0: but if somebody, you know, f- falls out of favor in England, you know, I, it would not surprise me if more coaches perhaps see this as the place that you can go to reestablish yourself.
1: And yeah, and especially if these guys a legacy. especially if these guys have success down the road out of MLS, it can be seen as a place where they kind of got their start.
0: Fair enough. We move on to the barn burner that was Toronto fc's five goals versus LA 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 Galaxy's three goals I mean this was 3-0 Toronto before Zlatan's 500th goal goal the season candidate by the way was fantastic finish sparked an LA Galaxy comeback that got them to 3-3 before Toronto then took over and scored two more to win it Uh, since we last spoke Siggy Schmidt stepped down from the post and has been replaced by Dominic Kinier so the Galaxy apparently going for that late season let's fire the manager and see if we can get a burst that has not happened and I think it's a thing of too little, too late. What do you think?
1: Yeah, they have such a long way to go. I mean, they have the attacking ability. We've seen that. I mean, three goals in the road, it's quite good. But, I mean, you're trading uh, Siggy Schmidt, who, you know, isn't exactly the most fluid of managers. He did, you know, I guess he was pretty open-minded with how he set up his L.A. uh Attack, but then you switch to Dom Kinnear, who's even more kind of rigid in his setup. So I don't think maybe it'll be good with it how they defend. They know they can get goals, but I I don't see this helping them.
0: I don't think so either. I actually thought this game was almost a perfect represent. I say almost, but almost a perfect representation of both teams to this point because Toronto, we we know that when they get when they're on offensively, they can compete with anybody in terms of scoring goals. And then we know that the Galaxy leak goals like crazy, but they also can score goals with the best of them. So this game is its almost perfect, right? Because Toronto finally starts to show signs of improvement. They get out to the big lead, but then they blow it. The Galaxy start to show their leaky defense, but then they show their big offense. The only thing, as I would have said, that the more justified ending would have been a 3-3 draw or like a 4-4 draw because i think that would have been perfect instead toronto does end up winning the game and i guess give themselves some chance to continue in the playoff race whereas the galaxy now are really starting to get in trouble in the west
1: yeah i for both it might be a little too late they just have um they mean uh toronto just have so much to catch up at this point they have the ability i don't think anyone's arguing that but it's just such a big gap Galaxy, on the other hand, I don't know if defensively they have the the manpower.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, Toronto's three-goal lead lasted 22 minutes. That's uh, that's insane to me that a three-goal lead could evaporate so quickly. But it's just – I think it really just is kind of symbolic of the way things have been going this season. Uh, Toronto are nine points behind Montreal, six to play. The Galaxy are six behind with just five for, remaining for them. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen for either team. I think the best thing that came out of this game, though, was Zlatan's post-match comment regarding Michael Bradley. And I quote, He thinks he's the philosopher of football. I have more goals than he has games. He should follow my
1: rules. Harsh from Zlatan, but I guess it's going to uh, an American who's not everyone's favorite at the moment. Though I I find it interesting that you did gloss over that that's the, the biggest takeaway and not... What the five hundredth goal was that Taekwondo. goal. Well, I didn't gloss over it. I kick. said
0: it was a goal of the year. I said it was a goal of the year candidate. <laughs> well, but that's it probably was a
1: fanta- the biggest uh, takeaway I think from the game. That one will be that's a, fair. It'll leave that's its legacy more than that quote. I don't know. That's what I think.
0: <laughs> it was a it was a great goal, I, I, and only he could try something like that. Anybody else tries that and fails, and they're probably gonna have to sit on the bench for a few weeks. Probably because they get because hurt. That, I, down three nothing by the way (laughs) so he does that now thankfully perhaps for Toronto they were down they were up three nothing at that point because had Zlatan scored that like as a game winner or to go up three nothing something like that I guarantee the shirt was coming off it should have come off. And we could see that 500 (laughs) what is got? (laughs) a player taking taking off the shirt to celebrate a goal down three nothing you would have been all right with that
1: yeah it's a ridiculous goal it have been hilarious I was kind of expecting a Bradley Wright Phillips like 100 uh on the back of his shirt reveal, there's a lot of time I was like five hundred on the back of his shirt. Yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> that actually, I tell you what, him doing the exact same thing would have actually been hilarious. It'd just been like he only did it because time was thinking of doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he only did a hundred. I did five hundred, so it's like five times better, objectively
0: objectively well anyway by the way it's a partially true fact, or it's a partially factual statement by Zlatan uh Zlatan has 500 goals as he mentioned Bradley has 426 club appearances so if you just want to gloss over his time with the national team wouldn't blame you uh he is technically right but if you add his international caps he jumps to 562 appearances all time uh Zlatan may yet get to hire a higher number, though, if he wants to continue playing for another ten years. Like I'm sure he would tell you, he probably would if he if he could.
1: I so. I do think it's a little unfair because you do count Zlatan's international goals. So
0: you do. So so it's I I do think it's fair to count Bradley's international appearances.
1: So I know as an American we like to gloss over some of them, but fair is fair.
0: We'll we'll bring it down to 561. We'll we'll not count the Trinidad game. Nobody he didn't show up for that one.
1: I can get on board with that. I, I think everyone can get yeah. on board with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Union hosted the Impact made me look bad. They lost 4-1 at home to the Impact. This was uh I I want to say this though before we actually talk about the game. I don't want I don't ever want anybody to question Emmett's commitment to this team because what time is it in South Africa right now?
1: Uh 11 11:20. 1120 11:20.
0: P.M. Yeah, I mean, this game was not at this hour; it was later. It's a six-hour it difference. Like, What's okay? No, it's just, well. Okay, six-hour difference from the from the Eastern time zone. For those of us Central Time people, the the, the Superior time zone, it's a seven-hour difference.
1: Yeah, so did gloss over that, but like, yeah, this game was one in the morning. The West Coast games are brutal. Those are those are uh, I could, those are literally. You don't stay up to watch it. You wake up to watch because they're like five A.M.
0: That is terrible. Well, like I said, don't don't ever question this man's commitment. He clearly cares about this team, even when they got absolutely destroyed. And it started so well, too. Austin Trustee's goal in the 11th minute, it looked like, oh, here we go. The Union are going to roll here. And it just – it was all downhill from there.
1: That is such a true statement. They, When that goal went in, you thought, okay, Union are probably going to win 3-0, 4-1. Just gets flipped on its head. I mean, you got to give all the credit in the world to Montreal because they made the Union look – feckless out there they looked like they had no idea what they were doing despite having more possession uh so i mean hats off to montreal i i think it's they're really proving their worth as a playoff team
0: yeah that i will give them that i was at least relatively impressed by their ability to go to uh chester pennsylvania i guess And just, I mean, it was a completely domination, complete domination once the impact kind of took control of the game. The impact have kind of gathered this reputation suddenly of becoming a very good team on the counter attack. And I'm starting to see why, because watching these goals, the union got caught on that counter and it was, it was very well executed by the impact. So I think if they can maintain that sort of effectiveness when hitting teams on the counter, they certainly have the talent for it. Because I think if you have Ignacio Piatti and others sort of coming together on these counterattacks. It looks to me like they could do it, but they're going to have to be a little more solid defensively than they have been if they want to do that.
1: I think just Piotti is more than enough uh, to do those counters. But, I mean, it's a strategy we haven't really seen in the MLS all that much. Like, both teams generally go through phases of attacking and defending. Um, Like, you know, the the parity is pretty close. No two teams are that big a gap in talent uh, to see possession – held by one team to the other team just saying, okay, take it, take it, we'll counter. So we'll see. I mean, I think that Montreal make the playoffs. I'd be excited to see how that plays off in that situation. Plays out. They definitely
0: have sneaky potential to catch a team off guard, depending on who they get, of course. The Union still do have a one-point lead over the impact and have a game in hand over them as well. So they still control their own fate in terms of which playoff game they end up in. The Union uh, will not have to be looking over their shoulder, as long as, of course, they continue to get some kind of results going forward.
1: I mean, at this point, I'm more confident in Montreal making a playoff spot than Philadelphia. Just looking at the remaining schedule, uh, Montreal hosts New York City, Columbus, uh, Toronto, and New England, and goes to D.C. Philly doesn't really have maybe has one easy game. They have to go to Seattle, host Sporting Kansas City, which is a game right before their Open Cup final, so probably going to be a tough one, considering to be mostly backups. Columbus, New York Red Bulls, New York City FC, and then they host Minnesota is probably the one game you say, okay, you need three points from that. That's a that's a win.
0: Yeah, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I don't, the only thing is, I don't trust Montreal's consistency. I know they just beat Philadelphia, and I said that I, I wanted to see some kind of result from them to gain my trust. And so this is the kind of result that could do that. But I have to, see, I'm going to have to see a little more before I'm ready. I am ready to say that I do think they're probably going to make the playoffs. I think that they have enough to hold off DC United. So, so I, I will give them that.
1: I mean, yeah, like, like I said, I think we'd be more likely to see Montreal and DC make it than Philadelphia and DC at this point.
0: Yeah. I, I still think Philadelphia is getting in. So
1: you have more I faith than most Philadelphia fans. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> I I, agree. I could probably see that, but I I don't know. I think that they've shown me enough to believe. But if they if they I'm just showing you know this now. If they make me look bad on this one and they don't end up making the playoffs, it is the last time I'm ever doing it. So they better hang
1: on. The first and the last.
0: It would be the first and the last that I ever do this. So we move on to the 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 <laughs> the probably the worst game of the weekend in terms of things to talk about. FC Dallas, zero Columbus crew, zero. This game had 26 shots of which three were on target. Dallas remains second in the West. The crew are four points ahead of the union at the moment for fourth. And of course that right to host that playoff game between the two, if the season ended right now, which again, we've talked about many times could be a huge factor for that game as to who hosts it.
1: Uh, Definitely a huge factor though. Wouldn't count out Columbus on the road. I did find one thing that we could talk about with this. Columbus leads the league in clean sheets on the road with six. Um, despite the fact there are only three, five, and six. Six. So, of their eight road results, they've gotten six clean sheets. Um, so even if they were to go on the road, I think Columbus is one team he'd look at and say, okay, they can get a nil nil draw, a one one draw, take it to penalties, and then it's a crapshoot. Um, yeah that's about that's the one interesting thing i try to take from this game
0: well there you go houston dynamo four, portland timbers one not a good day at the office for portland whatsoever having flashbacks of earlier in the season when they could not defend to save their lives the dynamo scored as many times in this game as they have in their last six the dynamo are out of the hunt and everything except the math so And Portland still holding a four-point lead over the Whitecaps for that sixth playoff spot in the West and are actually just three points behind LAFC for third in the West. So I, I, would, I would stick to my things about Portland, but I have to say that their recent form is not trending in the right direction. And the last thing you ever really want to do is go backing into the playoffs because it's an easy way to get yourself knocked out early.
1: So I have a question for you. Is this more a sign of Houston turning things back on or Portland just totally falling apart. Because Houston does have next, uh, next week the U.S. Open Cup Final, lest we all forget. Right. Um, so I was wondering, given how bad Houston has been, even though they have, I would say, a pretty decent attack, uh, which do you see this as?
0: I see this as a combination of things and I know that seems like a cop-out answer but I think we saw a return to some pretty sloppy defense by Portland and just here's the thing I think Houston have been severely underperforming so you combine the fact that Portland didn't exactly play their best in this game with the fact that Houston seemingly finally found some kind of connection on offense I mean it, that stat I gave you four goals in six games is a terrible, terrible thing to do especially in this league where the goals come You know, let's be honest with ourselves, the goals come more often than they probably should so for a team to go in that kind of stretch with their talent, kind of tells me that they've just kind of been in a rut and perhaps they're finally getting some kind of momentum, like I said, the playoffs aren't happening for them, they've got the Open Cup against the Union, that's their big thing. And perhaps, you know, perhaps finally that is what got them going, is the idea that, all right, you know, the season is almost over, but we have this game coming up that we really we kind of have to win because if we don't win this game, our season is it's just going to go by the wayside. So it, it is perhaps a case of a team kind of looking ahead and realizing we need to get this together before this uh, final.
1: I mean, that's one game that looks at, if you look like at where Houston is right now, would separate them from having... You know, a good season coming away with silverware and just a horrible season finishing bottom three, four in the West.
0: Yeah, I will say, I mean, I've been thinking about this because I mentioned the Champions League earlier. Atlanta, of course, looking like the favorites, looking like they'll get in. Sporting Kansas City has their spot from having won the last Open Cup. And then now this Open Cup winner will also join them in next year's Champions League. I've been debating with myself who I'd actually rather see in representing if I was just if I was thinking purely which team would do the best service to MLS and I'm a man as much as I wanted to be Philly I just I can't see myself picking Philly for that
1: no I I would agree I think Houston has the I mean they don't have the depth for it I think but they have the overall ability uh but you admit it you do want to see a a Mexican or Panamanian team playing in Chester Pennsylvania that's what you want to see I do kind of want to
0: see that, because early March, late February, can you imagine what the weather will be like up there?
1: Yeah, it'll be... Actually, I'm sure you can. Yeah, I can. I I didn't need to think too hard about that one. (laughs) Uh, That'll be interesting. Either way, it's definitely not someone who's in the same echelon as Atlanta or Sporting Kansas City, so that'll be an interesting look in the next Champions League.
0: It will be. So there always seems to be one, though. Colorado this year... uh, Colorado this year. (laughs) Forgot about that. Yeah, so it's probably just going to be similar to that. Unfortunately, where we went into that one thinking no chance. Real Salt Lake won. Minnesota United won. Real Salt Lake have gone unbeaten at home since they hosted LAFC back on March tenth. Quite good. That's, That's the kind of that's the kind of road or I'm sorry home record that real salt lake have going uh evenly matched game for the most part rsl i actually will think they f- will feel that they probably should have come away with three points here especially at home
1: i mean disappointing given how they have played at home the dominating performances um yeah i mean that's it was kind of a letdown especially against the worst team on the road in minnesota united Against one of the best home yeah. teams, so oh, surprise result. Yeah, I think I had,
0: for- I had forgotten about that Minnesota United's road record being not great. It was also a great atmosphere, at least from the you know the video that I was seeing of it. It seemed like the crowd was really into it, which is good for them because obviously if they can continue to hold that spot, they will host a playoff game. And I mean uh, nobody, nobody. I don't care what team in the league it is. As much as I you know have hated on Real Salt Lake and have not believed in them. I don't I don't want to see a playoff game with an empty state it's just I've already seen the fire've already done it I don't need to see anybody else doing it so whatever whoever gets the best crowd if, if they can get a crowd like that I'm I'm perfectly okay with them hosting
1: they do have um, the challenge of right now laFC in Seattle challenging them for uh, that home game so unfortunately I don't think it's gonna happen which will be difficult for them but if they do host a home game, um, I could see them at least, you know, getting to the first round with their performances.
0: That's yeah, very possible. Vancouver Whitecaps hosted the Seattle Sounders, lost 2-1. Seattle, nine wins in a row, 12 games unbeaten. Uh, what other superlatives are there for Seattle at this point that we can give them? Uh,
1: the, the, the best team to win nine games in a row.
0: <laughs> the only team to ever win nine games in a row. Also the and worst enough.
1: team to win nine games in a row. I mean... The, <sighs> This is, like, something that we joked about in the beginning of the year with how bad they were. Because if you remember, in the beginning of the season, Seattle could not score a goal. They had, like, well under one goal per game. Um, Absolutely looked abysmal. And it seemed like the addition of Rui Diaz mixed with, you know, um, Nicholas Ladero kind of getting healthy became that turning point for them. Because let's be honest, they lacked a striker that's something they didn't have it for a yeah, long yes, time they did. even jordan with jordan
0: morris's injury clint dempsey's aging it's all kind of compounded into a really badish. and will bruin's ineffectiveness too i should add
1: yeah it. he's a, he's a fine backup he's not he shouldn't be a starter for a team that wants to make a run of the playoffs uh ozzy alonzo coming back all the pieces are lining up for seattle the only question is did they get too hot too early i don't think so world
0: cup quarter finalist gustav svensson
1: yeah i mean they i mean honestly they're I would say it's fair to say right now they're the the best team in MLS.
0: Well, certainly it's going to be difficult for me to pick against them at this point. They've got they've, this this run of theirs has gotten them to fifth place in the West, forty four points, which is equal to Portland, and they've played one less game than portland Portland. So I'd say they're in fantastic shape at this point. It's just it's amazing, right, that they've that they've sort of just turned it on this thing that you know I, we've talked about this before Toronto's talking about oh we're going to turn it on well this is kind of what it looks like when you just turn it on now none of them could have ever foreseen the front office can tell you that oh yeah we knew we were one player away the coach can tell you that the, but we all know nobody could have ever seen them winning just not being able to lose because it's been they've been they've been they've looked unbeatable they've won every type of game that you could possibly imagine they've beaten some very quality opponents in doing so too This is not an easy game. This is a rivalry game. And they went to Vancouver and won.
1: Yeah. I mean, and against, I mean, you know, we do say Vancouver, joke about them being average, but they're not an easy game, especially not on the road. Um, though we see two years ago with, uh, Lodero coming into Seattle kind of being that turning point. Now Raul Rui Diaz, um, it's, it's crazy how it's like, it seems like a fluke where one player could come in and make such a big difference. Um, I don't think it's the one player. I think that's just kind of how they play week, first half pick it up in the second. Uh, I still stand by the fact that I think they're going to finish top three. Uh, I see. I, I didn't really buy into, I still don't. I'm I'm
0: sticking to my guns there. I believe we even made a nickel bit out of it, but uh, it is starting to get tougher and tougher for me to say that it's no chance of it happening because now they're within three points of LAFC and uh, if they don't lose, it's going to be very tough for LAFC to keep that spot. So I'm just I'm hang I'm hanging in there. I'm sticking to my guns, but I, I will admit that there is a much better chance of it happening than I originally gave it credit for.
1: Um, and on the other side of the Vancouver, it's is it weird to say that like a a two one loss at home to Seattle is not even a bad result right now because they still have an, a decent chance at a, making a playoff push, especially considered how bad Portland has been. I think we look at the rest of the West playoff teams. They look pretty solid. It would be theirs to lose. But with how Portland's playing, Vancouver has a real shot at this.
0: Vancouver definitely has a real shot at this. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know that they have – I don't know that they're going to put together enough good results to get there. But they sit four points out, six games to play. And I mean I, I don't know I just I, I find we've, we've had this discussion before about how van, how average I see Vancouver and I I struggle I guess to see where it's going to come from because I, I, I see your point about Portland's form it's not been it's not been great and only recently did they get out of a snide where suddenly they couldn't buy a point right So that's the, really the only reason this is even all that close. I, I think that I think that the numbers are telling me enough I think that Vancouver having a negative eight goal difference. Vancouver being scored on almost at will at times by other teams I think that's all going to come crashing down on top of them I just don't see them getting enough points to get past Portland
1: I agree with you for the most part but I do want to say that that was basically how we viewed RSL until they started slaughtering opponents
0: (laughs) yeah but I tell you what if Vancouver beats uh, whoever it is that they're playing next Dallas if they beat them 6 nothing or 6-1, some crazy scoreline like that, I will come back and I will issue an apology.
1: Well, so they do have... A half-hearted one, of course. They have a couple difficult games. Dallas, Sporting Kansas City, both at home, at LAFC, at the Galaxy, at Toronto, and then they host Portland for the last match uh, of the season. I mean, all honesty. That last one. That could be massive, especially yeah. considering how bad Portland's been. It could still be within reach by that point. Do you want to give a sneaky
0: game of or you want to play a sneaky game of what game will be selected for national TV? That right there could be a really big option for that late window that they're going to have for the Western Conference I mean, on decision day.
1: It's a it's a Cascadia Derby. It could be a playoff contending uh game. I all signs point to yes for me.
0: That's very real possibility. Like I said, I and so if it were to come to that I, I do think Portland would get it done even in even in Vancouver I think they would get it done
1: no well, they'd have to uh, and I think they have more talent and they should be getting it done but we will see I I I'm starting to lean towards Vancouver more and more now uh, I started to and then I thought this team still
0: brings on Breck Shea as a impact sub isn't he a so. designated player I, I
1: every time that guy moves to a team on a big contract and starts the first 10 games of the season. I am baffled.
0: Some things are just unexplainable, man. Some things are just unexplainable. Speaking of results that you probably wouldn't think much of until you kind of looked a little deeper, LAFC hosts the new England revolution. They get to a one, one draw. I I would say this. If you just ignored the fact that new England kind of desperate for points right now, this is a fantastic result for them going to LA and getting a draw, and I would argue at times looking the better team, yeah, I would say that this was a fantastic result for them in a vacuum.
1: Yeah, and I mean, hard to disagree with that. LAFC are a good team. Um, they, I think, have cemented themselves as a top at least four team in the West, safe to say. Um, on their day, they can put four or five past anyone. The problem being that, New England is still five points out of a playoff spot. And yeah, that, you need wins. That's not
0: helping. Yeah, you, you, you need more than just the draw. So unfortunately for them, what is a good result in theory is not such a great result for them now when they they absolutely need more.
1: And I think if you're LAFC, you want to make a solid push for getting a bye in that first round. And they're three points off currently. Uh, off Dallas, they can still do it. Um, they have, I would say, probably one of the easiest remaining schedules. San Jose, Chicago, Colorado, Houston, Vancouver, and Sporting Kansas City. So, I mean, unless they kind of fall apart, I they should probably be giving a serious push for second place. On the other side... They should. New England Revolution doesn't have a bad schedule either. Um they play Chicago, Orlando both at home. You have to say, okay, that has to be six points. Um, they play at RSL and at Atlanta. Okay, there's gonna be tough assume it's a assume it's a loss, at Toronto, maybe pull out a draw, and then last game of the season, hosting Montreal could be another big one.
0: Yeah, that uh, that's another one there. Well, I mean actually I guess they could both be they could both be done uh, Montreal versus new England. And then in the late window doing Portland and Vancouver, but yeah, that, that could be a big one too. I, I I don't think the new England revolution have it in them uh, to make that kind of push. It just, I know you mentioned the schedule and it's there. Certainly it's there for them to give it a shot, but I think that they've already had their shot and they've kind of just been unable to capitalize on it.
1: I unfortunately agree with you. Uh, the saying form over fixtures, I think is going to hold true for new England. Uh, they just haven't looked good enough recently. They've been, you know, they fell from that playoff spot early in the season. They got too much work to do ahead of themselves.
0: Speaking of teams with work to do, the San Jose Earthquakes got pummeled at home by Sporting Kansas City 5-1. This team just can't seem to buy anything against a team that's not FC Dallas or Minnesota United. So, what's happened here is that they've now fired their manager, by the way. So they're no longer being managed by Michael Stair, who was just on first year on the job, right?
1: Yeah, that's, so. that's that's a tough uh, tough ordeal. Um, we'll see if not sure what they expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean we'll see if it makes any difference. Maybe a new manager will turn things around, but I think we're looking at a wooden spoon candidates, San Jose, bottom of the league.
0: So all right, what if if you're San Jose? There, there have, there have, there are plenty of options out there, right now. They, they've got an interim manager, Steve Ralston. He'll, I'm sure he'll finish out the season. But if I'm San Jose, I mean, I'm, I'm backing up the Brinks truck for Caleb Porter. How, how is it that that man still isn't employed?
1: Uh, he wants a vacation. Don't know.
0: That's the, only, I, I, that's the only thing I can think of. Unless he's getting some kind of like contract payment from like his last contract right where he's like getting paid to do nothing that's about the only way i could see like him just not being interested in coming back because the amount of vacancies that have come in mls this season for them not i mean i haven't seen caleb porter even like rumored for any of these things
1: but okay imagine yourself in your in his situation right If, if it was me and someone said oh you want this job yeah i would take it but if you're caleb porter the, the Galaxy job, the Earthquakes job, those are no-win situations. Like, okay, with the Earthquakes, you take over next year. What, it's going to be a success if you don't finish dead last? <laughs> and I mean, yeah, that's, that's...
0: that's true. But there's only... Hey, well, to be fair, there's also only one way to go up. It's the worst team in MLS. You can't possibly do any worse.
1: And unless you do just as bad, in which case, you know, kind of there goes your legacy. Um, same thing with the Galaxy is if you don't – if he tried to take over for the Galaxy after Schmidt, what what does it say about him if they don't make the playoffs? I think it kind of tarnishes him. You wait – I, I can see why you'd want to wait for a a better opportunity. That's just me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It, it's possible that he feels that way, that he's waiting for the right job to open up. I mean, I could definitely see why he wouldn't want anything part of Orlando City that has clearly turned into a disaster. Under everybody that's been there now, so the dysfunction there probably goes well past the players and the management on the field. I I don't know. I just if I'm San Jose, I'm really trying. And there is also a rumor that they're after this other guy whose name currently escapes me. So I will get my producer to tell me who he is.
1: Um, but I I, um, I did hear this about this. But apparently he wanted uh, the the salary demands are too high, and they San Jose has backed off.
0: Wait, are we talking about the same guy here? Or are we talking about Caleb Porter?
1: No, no, no. We're talking about the same guy whose name also escapes me.
0: South American coach? Yes. Ah, yes. Okay, so we are talking about the same guy. Yes. Uh, And like I said, as soon as I figure out what his name is, I do – Here's the other thing, too. That guy has been kind of quietly been brought up in the national team discussion. Now, that's a guy – that I would say, oh, yeah, all right, let's bring that guy in. I'd be really excited to see that. Just be some something completely out of left field. The, but that's not going to happen. The
1: correct answer for both teams in this situation is David Moyes. I don't know why it hasn't. Don't. What?
0: How, oh, no, you are not going there. Tell me you're not serious.
1: No, I'm not serious. But, oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> if, I, if I was San Jose, I would be serious about it.
0: Uh, by the way, his name is uh, Guillermo Barros Choleto. Scalato.
1: Scalato. Well, if you're speaking it. if you're speaking Italian, it's Scalato.
0: Is he Italian?
1: No. He's Argentine. <laughs> what? Yeah, all right. I was like I was
0: going to say like, "Oh, is he Italian?" Like, "Oh, that makes a
1: lot more sense." Big, big immigrant nope. population coming from there.
0: There is there is. Uh, But yeah. All right. So before we before we get too far down the rabbit hole, I like that guy. I really do. And now I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've watched, you know, hours and hours of South American soccer. At this point, we all know that nobody's really watching. But Boca Juniors, that's a pretty big team to be manager of. That's that's I would argue number one, if not for sure number two in South America. That's no small feat. That's a very hard place to manage. And they expect you talk about short leashes. You have never seen a short leash until you've gone there. So that's a man that if you were coming anywhere near the U.S., I would be one hundred percent on board with whatever team wants to bring him on.
1: And I think if you are a team like San Jose, you look at someone like Tata Martino and say, "Yeah, you know they've had success with a South American manager. Let's give it a try." Uh, And see what he can't bring to the table, because right now, again, like you said, there's really nowhere else to go. Uh, It's worth the risk.
0: It would absolutely, in my opinion, be worth the risk, but we'll see. Like you said, the salary demand, I imagine his salary demands will be pretty high, because it would be, as much as we may not like to hear this, it would be a step down for him. So, there is that, and it's possible he could also be in consideration for the Argentina job, so i would assume he wants to wait for that to be resolved before making any crazy moves but we will see again the decision being made for him apparently being made at the end of the year the calendar year to be specific i also didn't realize before before we move off the san jose thing i didn't realize how crazy kansas city's goal difference is compared to the rest of the west they have a plus 20 the next closest LFC a plus 12
1: yeah they're a strong team um I will be interested to see how they do in the playoffs, though, because they don't have a great history once they get there. So we'll see. you know, Because once you get there, that goal difference doesn't really mean all that much.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't. But I think the ability to host playoff games or most playoff games and then having you know home field advantage, so to speak, in the in the later rounds, that will definitely help them. They absolutely look like they're on their way to a bye. It's hard for me to see them not getting one at this point. So I, I, it's going to be interesting. That's a tough place to go. Kansas City for sure
1: yeah and that'll definitely be the first thing on their radar is getting all home games throughout the playoffs and maybe even pushing those eastern conference teams uh and because they're they're not too far six points off Atlanta maybe they could try to sneak up off them
0: oh and the supporter shield now wouldn't that be big a (laughs) a double do a double
1: yeah it'd be quite a surprise and I think they have the talent but there's not a lot of time left to do it
0: this is true Sunday, primetime, D.C. United 3, New York Red Bulls. This game was wild. It was a 3-3 draw. Acosta, so it starts off. Acosta plays Ariola a great ball. He smashes it past Robles. Then Bradley Wright-Phillips has a nice overhead kick to equalize right before halftime. I'm given to understand Bradley Wright-Phillips does not like D.C. United.
1: No, I think he does very much dislikes them. He's probably one of the few people who still remembers that the D.C. versus Red Bulls was one of the original derbies and that since Philadelphia and New York City is coming to the mix, it's kind of separated the two. But it is a real derby. Not to be forgotten or taken uh, lightly.
0: It, it is not, and boy, oh boy, did it show on Sunday. because then So it's 1-1 at that point. Rooney sees he, Rooney sees Bradley Wright Phillips' amazing overhead kick and decides he'll do him one better. Incredible one-touch goal to put DC United up 2-1. Uh, you want to talk about the things that don't go away with age? That kind of touch does not go away with age.
1: Yeah, he still got it. I mean... Rooney's got at least a couple years left, it looks like, on that uh, aging body of his. Been a huge help for DC <laughs> yeah. in their push to the playoffs.
0: Uh, so, naturally, against the run of play, Bradley Wright Phillips decides that he's going to tie the game again because he hates DC United. And then Rooney will actually leave this game with some regret, in my opinion, because he had two really good chances to put DC United up again. But he couldn't do it, and seemingly Acosta bailed him out in the 87th minute. It was a great chip over Bill Hamid. That guy, he has been an absolute star this season.
1: I think we're seeing his real talent, you know, shine through now that DC has an, you know, not a wooden spoon candidate team, a team that's actually, you know, has some talent around to support him, and he has been absolutely phenomenal to watch this year.
0: He has been. It's been a pleasure. Then Bradley Wright Phillips, he decides he doesn't just hate D.C. United. He absolutely despises D.C. United. Scores his third goal, gets the hat trick, 90th minute, gets the Red Bulls a point on the road in a game that they honestly did not deserve a point in.
1: And, I mean, for the Red Bulls, it keeps them in the chase with Atlanta at the top, but way, way more hurtful for D.C. at home, a game that if they won – would put him within striking distance of Montreal and Philadelphia. That's gotta hurt.
0: Yes, yes, it would. It will be seen as a very big missed opportunity for DC United. They needed this one. They sit four points behind Montreal with a game in hand, but that's it. But that's to me that's it now. The games in hand thing that we've been talking about it so much, it's that's it, it's gone. They've now now it's all on them to show that they belong in the playoffs. They
1: do have one on Montreal, unfortunately. With how Montreal playing, like I said, I see it more likely that DC overtakes Philadelphia, who's five points ahead right now, than Montreal. So, um, still a tough—I mean, tough for all of those teams. I mean, it's crazy to think that you have seeds five through nine, all challenging for a spot here. Uh, eh, maybe we can kick t- Toronto out. The fact that they're nine points back might be a little too much. Um, but it'll be an interesting race, and almost like a race of attrition—is who wants at least.
0: Well, here you go because you because are you ready for this? I'm ready. It is this weekend. Uh, well, wait, not this weekend. Next weekend. DC United versus the Montreal Impact. And so that's the next game for DC United. That's it's big time. Yeah, they
1: host the Impact. I mean, say this: host s-
0: the Fire. That's a win.
1: <laughs> Should be. Uh, they go to Chicago in the last game.
0: That's another three
1: points. Should be. Uh, they host New York City, Toronto, and Dallas. Three tough games there to host. Um, it, it's oh, they don't leave. They don't leave DC again. That's right. It, That's crazy. I think it's having the rest of your games be home is going to be huge for them. And that game versus Montreal is could put a nail in the coffin if if Montreal comes out with three points there. It's going to be tough, very tough, even with four remaining home games to five remaining home games. To come out with a playoff spot
0: it will be tough and they but they'll they really will have to earn it now Chicago Fire and I don't know which poor soul thought that all right this is the one we want on national tv but boy oh boy did they make a horrible mistake the Chicago Fire win 4-0 over Orlando City Orlando City continues to be the absolute worst team in the league by just sheer presence on the field at this point they they get absolutely blown out by the fire a team that could not buy anything at this point in the season uh, this game could not have been more meaningless to me so you know I'm not like taking some solid like, oh finally the fire you know they're showing some life maybe next year like to me this is just like oh my goodness How, those poor people that like poor Orlando fans that tuned in thinking maybe we'll get a win here maybe this is the one that turns it around and then just watch their team get absolutely hammered by the fire.
1: Uh, Yeah, this was a bold choice to make a national TV game. Uh, I guess that's kind of how it lined up being on a Sunday. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you that I do think the fire is something to take out of this game. Um, Sure, most attention was around it basically being a Stu Holden, uh, John Strong podcast. But I think that if we had seen (laughs) a front four of uh, Nikolic... They better not start a podcast.
0: We don't need any more competition. There's already too too
1: many podcasts out there. They don't need any more. We don't need any more. The the front four of Nikolic, Katai, Mihailovic, and Deleu, Deleu, uh, if they had that all year, I think it's safe to say they would still be in the playoff hunt right now. At least.
0: (sighs) I want to agree with you. But the jaded part of me has officially given up on that idea. Like I've I held on to it all season that all right, let's just get these guys back, let's get them healthy, and the team just kind of failed to get to that point, right? So to, to where now they've now they're both back. They look like they're getting pretty close to you know 100% match fitness. That's going to take a while. That's never that's not easy. I'm not going to pretend that it is, but. I, all season I sort of held on to this hope that oh, just just get there, let's just get there, and it's like man, but the, the they they put the team in such a bad situation that by the time these guys got back, it was too late, and so that killed my enthusiasm a lot. And I, like I said, if they can put get on a run here at the end of the season, maybe I'll start to consider it. But beating Orlando to me is like it's just it's just so meaningless.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I do think that for any team like these, um, like Montreal, who has to go into chicago at the end of the season should know it's probably not going to be an easy game Uh, i mean i i think chicago could have a really solid lineup if they just fix a couple defensive positions i it's felt like this past year they just kind of put try to put band-aids on positions get like guys like rafael ramos nico hasler um they still don't really have a good center back pairing as Schweinsteiger back there Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm giving you maybe a little bit of hope, but I think that with a couple decent acquisitions in the back line, the fire could be a good team next year.
0: It strikes me at this point that the front office seems more interested in sabotaging the fans and sticking it to the fans than it is putting a good product on the field. So we'll see. I I do think that unless this team does go on a pretty good run here at the end of the season, I do think this is the end for Valko Panovich, even though he does not deserve to be, well, I shouldn't say he doesn't deserve to be. I will say that I would like to give him another shot, but I think he goes it wouldn't shock me to see the general manager Nelson Rodriguez go, but I would prefer him to go. Just being completely honest. I, I, I think it's it's time.
1: I think most Chicago fans agree with you. Um
0: Yeah. Fire had not won since June thirtieth, by the way. So
1: maybe it's a chance for a playoff push.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Only, Still mathematically in it too. Only
1: twelve points out. Uh, On the other hand, though. out
0: and six games to play. (laughs) They're they're basically
1: out. But Orlando, I do want to bring attention to them a little bit here, how bad they are. Uh, When I mentioned Chicago only has a couple positions to fix, a couple defender positions. Orlando's going to have to do a whole whole roster swap again. They have, what, maybe four or five guys that you see who could come back. Sané, Yotun, maybe Elmonier, Dwyer. Specter how many of those guys are even higher than USL level to be honest
0: Yeah this is going to be a tough one for them they've got some decent players you know scattered around the roster but and here's the other thing too not a lot of young talent on this team not some of their investments have not paid off in younger talent you know you can expect guys like Kleshton and Dyer will continue to be useful veterans, but going forward. But it's tough to rely on guys like that as they get older and their bodies begin to break down a little more. Not a lot to look
1: forward to in Orlando either. So, like you said, probably another roster overhaul, and that's going to be a tough one. I think they need to invest in some youth. Uh, There's too many of these guys. You don't have that many guys. Like, what, Christopher Muller is one of their young guys they can invest in. and I Rookie of the year. I, he had, like, a stretch. He's got, like, three goals and an assist. He had a stretch of, like, three games. We had a goal in each one. Suddenly it was this you know hot new thing and now can't even play on a what's basically a USL team. Uh, they're in trouble for the future. That's the biggest problem with the lineup. It's not just bad. It's just not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, I, I have to agree that they, this is just... It's not been a good season for Orlando and they've, they've basically hit rock bottom now, I'd have to say. So we move on to the uh, world's favorite competition, apparently even in South Africa
1: oh Champions yeah is big huge well i mean i guess if you're not a rugby or cricket fan
0: <laughs> yeah well who who could do that compared to this a lot of good matches today though we saw saw barcelona take it to psv 4-0 inter milan getting the win over tottenham 2-1 Nicardi scoring a
1: beauty it was like his first go- touch of the game too he's absolutely invisible yeah. and he's just like just get me the ball at some point around the box and i will score it absolutely a incredible volley if
0: you haven't if you haven't seen it it's a phenomenal goal it's the kind of goal you dream of when you strike it like that because you know because it's the it just it goes perfectly it's an absolute bullet into the corner no chance for the goalkeeper to save it so difficult so, to that technique i will i will just say it remember Maro Riccardi was left at home argentina didn't want him yeah i'm actually kind of surprised he's still there To be honest, it may have something to do with the fact that he wants to be there, but I'm honestly stunned he's still there. Because I would have thought by now somebody would have gone in and just paid big money to get him out of there. I know Inter Milan have money, but I, I would have thought by now somebody who needed a striker would have just gone in and taken him.
1: Yeah, they're not exactly in the position to be able to say no to big teams. But, I mean, trying to think how many big teams would say you really need a striker, maybe Chelsea,
0: yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of open to the idea now.
1: But, like, United has Lukaku. City has Aguero and Jesus. Uh, Liverpool for me. A dark
0: horse? Can I give you a dark horse you, that has a striker? But sure, Bayern.
1: I mean, yeah, if Lewandowski kind of continues his kind of fall from grace. I don't know. I, I He's the captain. I think he wants to go down as an Inter Milan legend. That's the only thing I can say.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. Like I said, it's it's possible he really does just like living in Italy and living in Milan and doing whatever it is that he does, right? I mean, some people are like that. Scores so goals. It's very possible that that's why we've never seen anyone go for him because anytime they go and then he's like, yeah, I mean, uh, I could take it or leave it. And they're like, all right, well, that's fine.
1: I mean, Italy is an interesting so. place. You get some people who just actively switch between rivals and you think, what is going on? And then sometimes you get guys like Francesco Totti who stick with Roma their entire career, have chances to go wherever they want. Um, so you know, we'll see. I do think eventually he'll he'll move to a bigger pond if Inter continue to be disappointing. But
0: we're not disappointing today.
1: That was well. I mean, I thought Tottenham were the better team for eighty eighty five minutes of that game, personally.
0: Eh. I was watching I was watching both games at the same time because you know technology is fantastic. Yeah. But I, I found I found myself to be un, uninspired really by both teams, I got to be honest. They both been in kind of bad form, but I can actually I could actually understand it a little more from the Tottenham side because I've watched them in the Premier League so I have a better understanding I guess of what's going on there. They they got some players missing an injury, the squad's kind of in a weird place right now because they didn't sign a single player, which is eh, hey whatever. That's fine, uh, but they they're kind of in a weird place right now, so I can kind of understand it. They they look good. I agree. I do agree that they looked better. I don't know that I necessarily thought that they deserved to win, but they looked better at times. Yeah, enough that I would say that they probably could have done better. They, they probably could have gotten a better result and probably would have deserved
1: it. Yeah, they just fell off at the end, kind of decided to sit in and not really push anything forward. I think Harry Kane needs a break, but I mean, yeah, tough result for Tottenham. Good for Inter i can't see them keeping it up though yeah
0: yeah well that's a big one though because i mean that's three points that they kind of needed if they wanted to have a real shot at getting to the round of 16 so that's big for them bruce dortmund beat club bruce 1-0 i think the real story there christian pulisic birthday boy scores for bruce dortmund
1: oh that's happy birthday to pulisic happy birthday to 20 years young Oh, but he's 20
0: years young American wonder boy Christian Pulisic does it again. But he's not
1: a teenager anymore. There goes his, you know, prospect status. Now now you're a full-blown man, Christian, at 20. Yeah,
0: now it's time to get it done. You got to do it now or never.
1: No pressure. <laughs>
0: so, not a bad, not a bad run for him at all. Atletico Madrid beat Monaco 2-1. Bad start for Atletico bad, bad start for Atletico in general. This season been a weird weird campaign to start for them they did win the super cup but then after the uefa super cup to be specific but since then it's not been a great start in the league they have not looked themselves just yet it takes some time to bring these new players into the squad but it, i will say it is a little concerning that said they do turn this game around and end up beating monaco and i think they were the better team and deserved it
1: yeah i mean all right moving on
0: <laughs> oh, all right <laughs> i'm glad, glad you agree uh liverpool 3 psg2 that was that was a barn burn that was that was fun Again, watch both those games simultaneously.
1: Very interesting. I thought my big takeaways: it looked like Neymar had no interest in going to ground. Despite contact, he'd stayed on his feet, tried to ride challenges, and it seemed to come back to bite him a couple times. He loses the ball a lot. Um, uh, Good result for Liverpool. I mean, they kind of pulled that one out at the end. Again, they they almost pulled... um, I mean, PSG almost stole it from them, so... It's a really good, uh, f- I guess, from their perspective, to see that they can kind of turn turn it around after kind of letting it drop. Uh, on the other side, not impressed by Mo Salah so far this year.
0: Ooh, not impressed. Hot take, Mo Salah on his way down, declining.
1: I, I, well, listen, he, he's just got to do what he did last year, which is would be absolutely, you know, put him in Messi-Ronaldo levels. So... Don't tell that
0: to Sergio Ramos. You don't dare compare anyone to those two anymore. I mean. Got got very upset at the idea of Gantan Griezmann comparing him to those two, comparing himself to those two.
1: No, I mean, I get, I get where he's coming from. It's because they have a history of it, right? I mean, if Sala continues to do it, I think he could do that. But I think we've seen a return to kind of average for him this year where he'll be good, but he won't be that good.
0: Yeah, well, it's gonna—it's a tough season to replicate, like you said. I—I I certainly wouldn't expect him to be able to match it, because if he did, like you said, it would really turn him into an elite level player, and would—I—I I would argue enter like one of the two best, like one of the best two season stretches anyone's ever had. So it is tough to expect him to do that again, but. I do think the expectations, right or wrong, are higher for him now because he set the bar there, and he's going to have to kind of deal with that as time goes on. Jurgen Klopp is going to have to deal with that as time goes on because you know the team does not necessarily rely on him to score goals. They don't necessarily need him to be the the catalyst to score goals. The offense just sort of takes care of itself in that regard.
1: Which is good for him because when we saw Suarez at Liverpool, it did go through him. So now at least you know liverpool can get results even if he's not at his best
0: napoli 0-0 draw with red star belgrade
1: i have a feeling going into that red star belgrade stadium is not going to be easy for any team in that group so i think you walk out of there with a draw and think okay we'll deal with that later
0: oh man that's tough that is very, very tough for Napoli if they i I'm just I, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying they should have just gone in there and blown the doors off of them. What I am saying is if you wanted to get out of this group, this was the game you needed the three points from. I don't see them getting so, out.
1: I think they're just they're not as strong without Sari or Jorginho. I don't see them making it out.
0: Yeah, no, they definitely they definitely will uh, will struggle, I think. But again, I, it's just shocking, really. But big result for Red Star Belgrade, though. Hats off to them! Congratulations, I'm sure that they've that every fan in that stadium will have absolutely enjoyed every moment of that game. Uh, the other games: Galatasaray three, locomotive, Moscow, nothing. Uh, pfft, wow! Uh, <laughs> absolute destruction by Galatasaray. Congratulations! And then the other one: Schalke one, Porto one. Weston McKinney gets the assist.
1: And there's a guy who's really developing into one heck of a player. Uh, Schalke somehow keeps losing players but still being a Champions League quality team. Interesting to see.
0: Yeah, interesting to see. So that does it for the uh, Champions League. Plenty to look forward to in the coming weeks. Uh, You know, good games tomorrow include (laughs) Real Madrid-Roma. That's about it. Oh, Valencia Juve. Valencia Juventus should be a good one as well. And if you're disappointed in your uh, TNT picks, which I'm sure most people probably are, are going to be in days, uh, the Univision family of networks, great place, love those people putting games on television where they belong.
1: I'd like to so. chime in, but I don't get any of those services from over here, <laughs> uh, so I will let that go to you.
0: Yeah, sorry, it's okay. Those are those are the big ones. Uh, Manchester United actually not available on TV at all tomorrow, so if you uh, if you want to watch them, you're gonna have to pay apparently.
1: Which finally strategy? There's way, That's an interesting strategy. Well, I get that they're such a popular club, but way too often are they given priority over better games? Yep, like Young Boys, Fox would have played Man United versus Young Boys <laughs> over Real Roma or Valencia UV Just saying.
0: It's it's possible they would have, but remember Fox did like FS1, FS2, the Fox Sports networks, and then Facebook Live. So like. I think they probably would have made the cut somewhere in there, all of those games that we just mentioned. Somewhere. Like Manchester City-Leon is actually not a bad matchup in and of itself, so I was I was a little surprised to see it, but they did. But, like, Univision did end up picking city Lyon over Manchester United Young Boys. So. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. These things develop quickly. Also, <laughs> these things develop quickly, but my favorite part is that Chelsea will be on TV uh, on Thursday. Good old Europa League. You know how much I love the Europa League, love that oh, thing.
1: You know the American Soccer Show is huge fans of the Europa League. I will hope Europa League special coming on Thursday. I plan on watching each and every one of those games.
0: All of them, all at like, the same oh time. God, I don't even.
1: <laughs> so many screens. <laughs> uh, but don't forget, um, if you know maybe European competitions aren't your thing, the brand new inaugural first ever Campiones Cup between the champions oh my god wait so Campiones <laughs> is just Spanish for champions right
0: yes yeah it's champions cup basically is what it says
1: champions of MLS and Liga MX Toronto and Tigres Wednesday at 8 15 ESPN 2 or if you're out in my neck of woods that's Thursday at 2 15 a.m. Uh, so I actually might try to watch that game
0: that's a bold move. I don't, I would, uh, oh, man, I don't know. I actually was kind of excited for the concept, and then it happens now, and I realize, man, I really don't care. It's it's just so meaningless.
1: It's a Super Cup, right? It's the comu- It's a
0: Super Cup, but it's like... It's the community <sighs> shield. It's, it's even. I like Super Cups. <laughs> That's the thing. So, like, for me to be sitting here saying, I don't like this, I think, honestly, I do think that it would be better off... Somewhere in the summer. I mean, if you're going to have it between the two champions, like, like a little earlier. Come on now.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, this Toronto's third. L- Toronto definitely Toronto not is, a champion. Toronto anymore. has
0: no reason to do this. Toronto has no reason to take this seriously. They have to focus themselves on trying to get in the playoffs.
1: Uh, so other way around, and t- you can get this really nice trophy, and they already know they're not going to make the playoffs. So try really hard at this.
0: <laughs> do a double this year: the Canadian Championship and the Campeones Cup.
1: I mean, right? Wouldn't that be the most It'd be a historic double, wouldn't it? That's
0: that's disgusting. That's disgusting. And here's the other thing too: Tigris not exactly uh, lining up with reasons to be here either. They're currently sitting seventh in Liga MX. That's not great considering only eight only, only right? Eight teams make the playoffs and the teams there are teams like only four points behind them that's like 15th so it's not exactly like a slam dunk for them to be in at this point they they need to be focusing themselves on their own league so i could see this game being played with a lot of backups and uh man i don't know we'll see we will see i'm not i'm not i'm not excited for it at all and i, I hate saying that because i actually really like there being like this idea more league mx versus mls games we need more just not like this
1: the different point of the season i think it in, at that correct time, correct place, it works. But here, I don't know. All right.
0: Quickly to the national TV games coming your way. Wednesday, 11 p.m. Eastern. So good luck watching this. If you have any San Jose in Atlanta, just don't watch it. If you're an Atlanta fan, I'm sorry that you're not going to get to watch this. Just don't watch it. You're probably going to win. Don't waste your time. Come on. Go to, go to sleep. Get some sleep. I'm, I normally don't ever recommend this, but get some sleep.
1: Alternatively, if you're from South Africa, you wake up at 5 a.m. Not a bad option. Okay, it is a bad nice. option. I'm sorry.
0: That's a terrible option. There's got to be better things on at 5 in the morning. I don't care what what <laughs> country it is. Uh, Saturday, 2.30 Eastern, Univision Deportes. That other one was Univision Deportes, too, by the way. Uh, LAFC San Jose. San Jose might want to call the network here and get themselves kicked out. I don't necessarily think they need this anymore, but poor guys are going to get featured twice this
1: week. Embarrassed on national TV against two of the best teams in the league. What could be better?
0: Nothing. Nothing could ever possibly be better. California, Derby, what more could you ask for? Uh, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, ESPN, Philadelphia Union versus Sporting KC. How about that? Union getting on national TV.
1: Something to keep in mind. For the Union, probably see some backups given their uh, Open Cup game next week. Uh, So I don't want to say this will be a blowout for Sporting Kansas City because it is a Union home game and they have decent depth, but uh, probably they don't expect as much from the Union as you would from a team contending for the playoffs right now.
0: Yeah, we'll see. That should be that could be an interesting one, depending on how the union can kind of shore up defensively, because I know Sporting Kansas City is going to have a plan. So that could be an interesting one. Sunday, then, 7 p.m. Eastern, FS1, Galaxy hosting the unbeatable Sounders. I doubt the Galaxy are the team to do it, but I suppose anything's possible. This league's stupid and crazy all the time anyway.
1: And people want to see slots on, so that's a thing.
0: Yeah, that, that is a thing. My match of the week, Atlanta United-Real Salt Lake. I want to see it. All right, this is it. This is their audition for me. Real Salt Lake put up a good performance here, and I will apologize next week.
1: On air, in front of America and South Africa. In front of, in front of the entire
0: – every no, everybody in the world. Remember, this is a worldwide podcast. So, anybody, I will apologize to Real Salt Lake. I'll apologize to Nate Smith, who did respond to me on Twitter, thankfully. And we'll, we'll be good.
1: My pick, um, you would – You would think I'd go with the Union, having a national game, but I'm actually going to go with the Toronto-New York Derby. That's right, there's two of them. Actually, not Toronto, Canada-New York Derby, I'm sorry. Montreal hosts NYCFC, Red Bulls host Toronto. This could be big in the playoff run. Uh, Toronto, basically their last chance here to make any push, and Montreal, uh, you know, another, another position where they're kind of on the line here against New York City, so... Two games, big impacts on the playoffs. Excited to see it. Yeah.
0: Uh, one more thing before we jump out of here. We've already jumped the shark on time anyway, so I might as well just get this out of the way. Did you see that article about the third UEFA competition that they want to do?
1: I have not. Do explain.
0: So UEFA, now when I saw this, I thought, oh, here we go. This is it. This is the Super League that we've been hearing about for years. Like, this is it. We're going to ruin everything. I'm going to flip my bed over, and I'm going to cry, right? Because this is this is what I've been waiting for, this terrible Super League that they want to do. No, no. They want to do a tertiary competition of Europe where you will get more, like, mid-table sides competing against one another is the rumor.
1: So, Europa League.
0: So, yes. So, so no. Oh, but, I did hear <laughs> about this. This is Europa League 2.0. Yes. A second Europa League, basically, for these teams. Now, I've, I've given this a lot of thought. Right. I've I've thought to myself, okay, look, I'm a Chelsea I'm a Chelsea guy, so I don't I I don't deal with these kinds of things. Right. I'm barely ever in the Europa League. Barely. And to me being in the Europa League is kind of like this this horrible just inconvenient thing, unless you win it, then you look great. Right? But I, I have, I, I've I I've said, okay, I can understand that, though, because now that the Europa League gives you a Champions League spot, I can understand why a team would want to take it seriously. So I then tried to put myself in the shoes of a Leicester City fan, of an Everton fan, these teams that it's a, it's a blessing if they get to play in the Europa League, right? They see it as a great opportunity to expand their horizons a little bit. Well, unless, of course, you're like West Ham, in which case you just get eliminated and then in the... Uh, in the qualification or Burnley the tour of Europe is canceled or Burnley or Everton who got absolutely humiliated in last year's group stage. There's always one. So there's always at least one English team making a mockery of themselves in this competition. The point is like, so, okay, I tried to see it from that perspective and I thought, okay, would it be pretty cool for Everton to like, or like a Burnley to be able to say, oh yeah, let's go to, let's go to Spain. Let's go and having a an way day at like uh Bilbao. Right. I'm like, okay, that could be kind of fun. Right. I mean, I would think Bilbao is probably better, but I, I mean, you never know until you play, right?
1: I I agree. I think it's uh, a, a new, interesting idea because you look at the last Europa League champions, Atletico Madrid, Manchester United, uh, Sevilla before that.
0: Um, Sevilla before that, Sevilla before that. Yeah,
1: Atletico Madrid before that. This is a competition that is still usually won by a Champions League-level team who just happens to... Not make it looking at a team like Chelsea right now, have to thank their favorites for it. So they will absolutely, if they don't win that thing, I know I just said it was stupid and I don't really
0: like it and it's more of an inconvenience, but man, if they don't win that thing, it is going to be not pretty.
1: I mean, yeah, it's for me, it's like Europa League should be in that opportunity for teams, but there's always three or four Champions League level teams that make it and that it's mean to say ruin it, but it, you know. Make it yeah, I Make it uneven mean. until kind of the the quarterfinals, where then suddenly you're saying, okay, now we have some you know, Marseilles and uh, Arsenal and Atletico Madrid and Manchester Uniteds competing, and okay, now the level's been brought up, but there's not really the chance those other teams uh, that the competition seemed to be built for.
0: So now, I've so I so after considering that, walking a mile in you know, these mid-table team shoes and trying to get it from that perspective, and then I see, okay, yeah, but I mean, is there really an audience for this? And the answer is probably not. I, only the fans of this teams will probably do it. My next thought came to what's the prize for winning? Because the Europa League has become a competition at least worth watching in the knockout stages because of the prize, the Champions League spot, right? Does this competition, the thing I'm going to dub the UEFA League, until they give me an actual name does the pri- what is the prize for this is it a spot in the Europa League is it a spot
1: in the Champions League it'd be interesting you'd think it would have to be at least a spot in the Europa League right I would think it would have to be that yeah it would have to be that or a spot in
0: the Champions League now I, if it's a Champions League spot I think it's actually a phenomenal idea because that gives a gateway to teams that legitimately have almost no chance at a Champions League spot normally potentially if i see what you mean if you're finishing 8th or ninth in England you're you're not usually dreaming of champions league spots so unless you're chelsea in an off
1: year but we also have to look at the other teams what about the teams that finish you know 3rd in the belgian league or 5th in the danish league they you know every couple of years they might finish first and make it to champions league and that money is huge you see teams like anderlecht make it uh, you know club Bruges in the belgian league uh gent or genk making it so it's a <sighs> It's another chance to make it. I agree. I think that would be good.
0: I think that would be fantastic. One more thing. When do you play these games? Because you can't play them on Thursday. That's all Europa League. I added it up, by the way. If you wanted to watch all the Europa League games on Thursday, that's 23 matches. Oh, my. And, in fact, I'm pretty sure it actually should be 24 because I just realized. This should be an even number. There's probably 48 teams. Yeah. So 24 matches you'd have to watch. Yeah, good luck with that. But so, okay, you probably can't do it Thursday because that's already enough games to have to like find officials for and like, you know, officiate properly and, you know, run properly. But do you really want to try to compete that with the Champions League? Like, I I don't know. I I guess that's another thing, right? Like, when do you play these games? You basically out Thursday, Tuesday and Wednesday.
1: Or, you know, you have to play them on those days because that's the only thing available. Can't be Monday or Friday because that would interfere with the league schedule. I would think it has to be Tuesday, Wednesdays with the Champions League. And if you really are worried about it competing with time, you make it a day game. That's the only thing I can see working.
0: It's possible, although I could see that becoming even more angry for fans. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that's going to be an interesting one. We'll see how they deal with that. Like I said, as long as it's not that stupid Super League that's been rumored for years, I'm all right with it. So, yeah, another, Euro, another UEFA competition coming in three years more more soccer to watch i'm never against that that's for sure
1: there's there's so much to watch and that's what makes it a beautiful game anyway uh, that's all the time we have this week for the american soccer show don't forget to subscribe to us and check out past episodes you can find us on itunes google spotify and stitcher for all your american soccer needs until next time i'm emmett mcconnell alongside eric alcantar signing off